Hey, hey guys, welcome to the TWC podcast, Telewellness Community. I am Brandy Holloway, and I'm very excited today to have the beautiful Chelsea Haynes with us. Welcome. Hi, Brandy. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, guys, as I say, I like to dive in. If you want to find out more about the Telewellness Community, feel free to hop over to our website, telewellnesscommunity.com. We, we really brought this podcast to light. Um, because I was in fitness and wellness for many years. And one of the things that I was always bothered by were that my clients uh, would go to the doctor and, you know, the doctor would diagnose them <clears throat> and they would really need more. But the doctor doesn't have time or the capacity to do those things. So what we really wanted to do was start bringing amazing people like you on, talk about how you can help them, um, help these doctors understand that there are really highly qualified professionals out there and just start to create this connection to bridge that gap uh, between the doctor's visits. So I want to dive into who you are and what you do. We've been connected for a while. Um, and I just I really want to dive into people understanding what gut health means, because it's a buzzword now. Right. So I'm going to give you the floor. Um, you know, tell us a little bit. How how did you get into this? And let's talk about gut health. Amazing. Awesome, Brandy. Yes. And, you know, bridging that gap. And as a certified health coach, it's one of the uh, one of my greatest honors to be able to help bridge that gap between physicians and their patients and to be able to help people along the way a little bit more than just here's a bunch of medicine or supplements. See you in a month or six months from now. <laughs> um, so I got into gut health many, many years ago, and I actually love that it's now a buzzword because the education piece of it is a little bit now offloaded on my shoulders, off my shoulders. Um, the fact that people are starting to tune into the power of our gut health and the state of our gut and the state of our digestion is a really, really powerful, amazing tool. And the reason why I personally got into it, uh, this was back in, I, I hired my first health coach in 2009. I had just graduated college. And the reason why I did that was because I had psoriasis. I still, I guess, technically have an autoimmune disease. I, I consider myself healed and in remission. Uh, you know, every now and again, I do get a little bit of a flare up here or there. And that's based on life stressors that I am very aware of <laughs> and know now how to manage. But at the time, um, really didn't know what was happening in my body. You know, I was a high performing overachiever in high school. I had experienced childhood trauma. I had uh, really wanted to make sure that I was safe, loved and accepted. And the way that I knew to do that was on paper. So I did the international baccalaureate program. I was a straight A student, everything on paper that would prove to me in my subconscious mind that I was worthy of love. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is the pattern. I can relate, trust me. <laughs> this is this is the pattern that most of us find ourselves in because the three basic human needs, right? Safety, love, and acceptance by our peers and our communities. And when something happens to threaten one of those things, we go to different coping mechanisms to try to um, adjust for that. So uh, I started getting these rashes in high school. I was a, a swimmer. I, I thought it was just like dandruff and dry skin because I was in a chlorine pool. Uh, and then they started popping up in other places other than my scalp. And I thought, man, something's not right. This is weird. And, and I never really paid attention to it. And it wasn't until college when I had some friends say to me like, hey, you have a really bad rash like on the back of your neck. Did you even know that? I'm like, not really. Like I obviously can't see it. And at the time, luckily it wasn't, 
super irritating. But once it got to a point where other people started noticing it, of course I started to feel self-conscious about it. And then I started noticing it pop up on my arms and my legs and I thought, okay, something isn't right here. And I really was just frustrated with traditional dermatologists, which I, I always have to disclaim whenever I say this, I love Western medicine and all that is included and thank God for it. Seriously, there's no place I would rather be in um, you know, an emergency or some other life-threatening situation. However, when it comes to chronic illness, there seems to be more of a symptom relief paradigm rather than a root cause uh, healing factor. And I started doing my own research and I just intuitively knew, you know, man, there's different times of the month. These rashes pop up different uh, experiences in my life, make it worse or better. Um, and I just knew that something I thought, I thought it was a food sensitivity at the time. You know, I thought, okay, maybe it's something I'm eating. There's, there's gotta be something deeper here. So I hired my first health coach the year after college which basically was just a, a bit of intuition combined with frustration again from the current help that I had been having. And she put me on a gut healing protocol and that was where my love for the gut began. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, you know, obviously, um, what did you go through IIN or? I went to the Health Coach Institute. Okay. So Jen and I, <clears throat> that's how we actually met. We, we, we love that story because she still has me a study buddy in her phone Amazing. Um, from the Institute <laughs> for Integrative Nutrition. But, uh, you know, so many people don't realize that, you know, yes, we're eating to fuel our body and to get energy and all of these things. But I firmly believe, and especially after our last, our last guest, um, Angelique Santana, just this spiritual connection to our food, this love, right? That we love the food and the food will love us back. Um, good food. And, but you have to really pay attention and create awareness around that. So right. I have been dealing with that for the last year. Um, I think a lot of mine had to do with things that, like I said, I was ignoring. Um, but one of the common things that I hear from everyone is that they, they just don't believe in this connection between mm -hmm. Let's go with brain fog. I mean, that's a that's a big one, right? Um, and how it, their gut health can affect the thinking, the brain fog, the you know those things. So, can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So, the gut is so much more than just your stomach and your intestines. There's actually a um, and forgive me right now, my brain is dropping the word. It's either I think it's the esoteric nervous system inside our gut. Our, our stomach, our, our entire gut system is actually connected to our brain through the vagus nerve. It's literally the gut-brain axis. There's, there's an actual um, pathway that you can follow from your gut to your brain. And this is so divinely orchestrated. It's so beautiful because our cognition and our digestion are so intimately related. They have to be. And this roots back to really the state of our central nervous system. When we look at our central nervous system and we look at whether we are in a parasympathetic, parasympathetic rest and digest state or sympathetic fight or flight response, we are going to have different systems happening in our body. And that was for survival. I mean, this goes way back. This is so much more than just, you know, eating certain foods and good foods versus bad foods and brain fog. This is literally survival. So when our brain processes that we are in a stressed out state, now that can literally be everything from 
an argument with your partner to being in traffic and you know having to commute to work again after maybe working from home for a year or you know dealing with with situations and people and and even traumas that we might not have digested literally and figuratively mm -hmm. and how that affects the rest of our body so think about it like this if if I'm running from a tiger, what does my body need to prioritize? It needs to prioritize, you know, sight, sound, heart rate, and breathing. It does not need to prioritize digesting the cheeseburger that I just ate for lunch because I need to run really fast and blood needs to go to all of the organs in my body that are going to help me run really, really fast. So then you can start con to consider the muscles around our gut, our psoas muscle deep, deep, deep in, you know, the center of our core, our core muscles and how that's all related. You know, it's, it's, it's truly, I mean, it's science in the most divine way. You know, when you really look at the deep connection of how our stomach is working, the function of our digestion and how it's related to stress levels and how those two go hand in hand. I mean, we're now seeing that over 95% of serotonin, the, the happy hormone is produced in our gut. Our immune system, 75% of our immune system actually lives in the lining of our intestines. And then it goes out from there. I mean, we are... <laughs> This is our, our, I mean, they keep, they call it the second brain. I, I'm almost here to challenge that and say, man, our, our gut really is our first brain because based on the state of our gut, everything else can happen. But it's, it's truly a two-way street. So, you know, if you are experiencing, for example, brain fog, this is a symptom. It's a symptom that something might be off. It's the same thing with food sensitivities. And often people think, oh, food sensitivities are the cause of my issues. And this was what I thought when I when I didn't know better, when I first started exploring gut health. I thought, well, I must be allergic to something. I must have an allergy that I'm eating. Um, but it actually goes much deeper than that. And it really was because of the state of central my central nervous system. I had chronic stress, which... Again, when we are in this state of chronic stress, our hydrochloric acid doesn't get produced in our stomach, so we're not physically able to break down our food. We start to experience other systems like acid reflux because we don't have enough acid in our stomach. It's very counterintuitive. Um, we don't experience peristalsis and the migrating motor complex that actually physically moves our food through our intestines. Those things shut down when we are stressed out. So looking at symptoms and really understanding like these are there, there's a deeper root cause to what's happening here none of it is our fault and of course what we eat is important but honestly who we are being when we are eating is even more important and what i mean by that what is the state of your central nervous system when you are eating food and how do you feel how you know how does food make you feel i mean one of the most mind-blowing questions that I ask my clients is, man, when you, you know, people come to me and say, what do I eat? I say, well, how do you feel when you eat certain things? I never thought about that before. Never thought about it before. Listen, I'm not the expert on your body. You are the expert of your own body. I'm just here to help guide you through all of the confusion out there in the world. So um, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but the, the answer, the short answer to your question is yes, the brain and the gut are very intricately related so much so that they've even, I mean, obviously we, all of our cells are made from like our initial one cell that gets um, 
split into two and from there, but they've seen that actually the brain and the gut create each other in the womb. So they're actually made from the same cells. And when you look at the gut, when you look at the brain, they kind of look similar. They're both this kind of gray matter that's all mushed together and, and sort of wiggly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the things I want to kind of reel back a little bit um, was, I, and I just wrote a couple of notes down. One, you mentioned trauma. And, um, you know, anyone that's followed my story, I mean, I went through bouts of trauma since I was four. Mm. And I never really had, I won't say I had any issues. I think I, I dove into um, really bad habits to cope you know, those coping mechanisms, you know, drinking, smoking, uh, partying, you know, just all, all of those things. And then in my twenties, um, is I was like, crap, if I don't change this, I saw the women in my family suffering from preventable things, you know, that, um, and, and I now look back and hundred percent realized that a lot of that had to do with the emotional state, what was going on, um, you know, that their coping responses. And I want to, you know, a lot of people to really, lean in and understand that what you're saying is so many of the things that they're that are going on with them that they've gotten a diagnosis once again we we're not discounting western medicine at all we all need doctors in our life at one time or another but to take that deeper dive you know like the reflux and they hand you the purple pill yeah. well guess what you know it could be this minor tweak in how you feel about, you know, what you're eating, what you're eating, when you're, you know, there's just, there's so many factors. And um, I'm going to turn it back over to you. But the one thing I want everyone to really hear is what you just said. You're like, I'm not the expert. You are on your body. So when you guys are looking at a coach, when you're looking to hire someone, that is a key thing that you want to listen for because they're a coach and one of my big things is trainers. And I'm guilty. I was guilty of this. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. When I first started training, I was like, well, I'm a trainer. So now I can tell you what to eat, you know, and eat chicken and broccoli every day. And looking back now, you know, and I'm glad I went through these other certifications. But um, just because someone's good at fitness and getting you strong or, you know, limber, whatever those things are, getting you ready, definitely does not qualify them to tell you what to eat because they're probably going to tell you what worked for them. Their body's totally different. Their life is totally different. So I'll turn it back over to you from that. Um, just, you know, touching really on the coaching aspect and why it's so important for that person to understand they're not coming for a meal plan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, my, my tagline is to trust your gut and digest your life. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and what we do together is so much more again than just what do I eat? And it's, it, it, in fact, when we start working together, we don't even look at food for a long time because there's so many other elements to healing that are even more important. We really start with assessing, how am I coping with life? And that is the key question. And just like what you said, Brandy, you know, there's, there's, there's so much beauty to recognize the value in what those coping mechanisms gave you at the time that they did, right? They gave you um, the ability to numb out. They gave you the ability to not uh, focus on the pain that might have been there. They gave you a bit of freedom from the suffering that might have been there. And I, and I love what you said too about how you know you realized if I didn't get a hold of this, then I'm going to suffer even more in the future. And this is this is the key about healing and self development, right? It's starting with self awareness, loving self awareness, 
And then allowing ourselves to go to those places that we might be a little bit afraid of. Now, I am not uh, you know, a certified psychotherapist. I do have a degree. My bachelor's degree is in psychology. Um, however, you know, it's it's we all know what is best for us. And I love what you said, you know, if you are looking for somebody to help you through this process, make sure they're not a guru standing up on a platform and and trying to command you into and how many do we how I mean, I just I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I really want people to hear what you're saying, because there are so many people and I get on my soapbox about MLMs, not the people in the MLM, but because they're not being properly educated in this information they're giving out. So I'll, yeah. I'll turn that back. But I really want people to pay attention to what you're saying about people mm -hmm. and the type of the way they're delivering their information. Yeah, we have. And, and this is the thing. We can only allow people to do what they're doing when we when we allow them to do it. Right. So chronically, I think the deeper issue is not so much, you know, the people who are sharing the information from the top down, because there is an element of education. You know, a teacher, a professor stands at the front of the classroom and they teach whatever you're trying to learn. So there's an education piece, which is different than coaching. Education, you know, you could go and read a book, you could buy a webinar, you can go to college, you can go to, a, uh, you can go to courses and learn information. But when it comes to transformation, the information is just a piece of it. <laughs> and actually, the more information I give somebody, the less transformation happens because they get so in their heads about it. And the reason why is because we have been chronically trained to outsource what we already know to be true. Oh, I love that. That's a, that is a, that's a, I'm going to use that quote. Yeah. And, and my job is to help you learn how to start insourcing again. That, that is what I'm here to do. I'm here to help redirect your light back into yourself. And sometimes that's through a mirror. I hold a mirror up and you shine your light into the mirror so it can reflect back yeah. on you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm here to be that loving, outside perspective of what's happening in your mind and to open up the menu of choices for you. But ultimately you're the one that's got to pick off the menu. I'm not going to shove anything down your throat. That's, that's not the point here. Yeah. How many, how many people do you find, you know, in, when you're working with them also that are just, you know, I, I preach a lot about mindset. I mean, that's, that's just really, I think that's my soapbox. I, you know, I call myself the truth, the walking truth bomb. I like dropping those because I was that person mm. and I was in such denial with the blinders and, you know, people may be listening right now and thinking, Oh, this airy fairy holding a mirror up and shining the light. And I mean, that's my personality, right? I'm like, Oh, but now moving forward and moving through the study and the self-development that you mentioned, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to grasp the words for people to understand how much your life will change and change is so scary. You're avoiding it. Right. But think about a year from now, do you want to work with Chelsea and learn to look in that mirror and love all these things and feel love and, is airy fair? I don't care if it sounds airy fair or not. Or do you want to stay where you are internally? That person that only you can hear, yeah. that voice that only you can hear, that you know is it's probably not been the most supportive, loving environment inside your body and your brain, right? Yeah, let me reword it a different way, Brent, if you don't mind. So rather no, than thinking like shining the light, it's really about radical self responsibility. That's what Ooh, it is. Love it. Love it. Listen, if I'm not here to sell anyone on anything, if you are not ready, 
to look in the mirror. And this isn't always just about, you know, shining the light in love. And in fact, one of my um, clients who I've been working with for a few weeks now, she said, you know, before I can get to the light, I have to be in the sadness. And that's something that she realized through our work together. And she said, you know, before I can do yeah. the, the empowering mantras and before I can like, you know, start moving out of this, I need to write some sad mantras and I need to be okay with being sad for a little while. And this is the work that we're doing. So this is like, you know, I, I say, you know, my verbiage and who I am, I resonate high. I'm a spiritual being. I say things like, you know, holding a mirror to your best self. And but that is my job. My job is to reflect to you and hold you to the version of you that you want to be, that I know you are, that your intuition knows you are. But the question is, are you ready to see that person? And are you ready to call yourself out on the BS that's preventing you from being that person? Because ultimately, the only person in your way is you. That's mm -hmm. it. That mm -hmm. is it. And yes, we all have logistics. We all have privilege. We all have different things that we're dealing with. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Guess what? I was homeless. My mom filed bankruptcy. Our father abandoned us. We were literally talk about coming from the depths of the dark night of the soul, right? Mm -hmm. I could have made excuses. And you know what I did instead? I started working at 14 years old. And then at 24 years old, that turned into some serious autoimmune disease because I realized that the limiting belief in my mind was I have to work hard in order to have all the things that I want. And I worked myself to the bone. That was no longer serving me. But without realizing that, without doing the work to look in the mirror and say, oh, but I work really hard and I'm this and that and that. Hell no, girlfriend. I was not living the life I wanted to live. And I was making excuses because I was hiding behind my coping mechanisms, which was overworking myself and over-exercising and doing all these things to try to prove myself worthy. It took a lot of guts to look in the mirror and say, holy crap, I am my own worst enemy and I can change it. Yeah. So yeah. it's empowering, it's empowering. So, and I, you know, I, obviously same thing. I can relate to all of that because I, I, came up and I, I always tell everybody the beautiful thing is I, I know the year that I recognized it. I was 33. Yeah. That's when I started to work and it took 11 years for me to, and same thing going through the childhood trauma, going through a lot of things as an adult that I take full accountability because as an adult, I, you know, accepted and created those situations. And then moving forward, I hit that low level, you know, hit rock bottom, lost my business, you know, lo uh, lost my, we were evicted. I mean, I had, I had nothing. Right. And it's funny in the moments where a lot of people maybe that are even listening, when you feel like you have nothing, it's easy to see something. Yeah. I know that, I know that kind of sounds, yeah. you know, I don't want to use the word counter, even counterintuitive, but you're like, if you're sitting around saying I have nothing, if you can just find the strength, find the glimpse, right. Find the moment and look and say, you know what? And I use the then what story. I, I, I preach about this all the time as well. It's like, okay, you're down in the dumps. You have nothing. Then what? Then what? Well, I, I guess I'm going to have, I mean, I'm single mom. I have, I have two kids. I, I guess I'm going to have to go get a job or go make money. I, I had to go get a job scrubbing toilets at a gym and running a gym and I hated it, but that's what I had to do to put, you know, feed my kiddos and get my feet back on the ground. And it was embarrassing because I was a failure. And so all of those things, what I want people to hear that you're saying is all those things, all those situations, depending on how you choose to deal with those things and cope with them and heal from them can affect how you feel years later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
I don't really, I don't know that anyone's ever ready. I always say that perfect is a lie and ready is a lie. Cause okay. I don't really ever think, especially when we're like, um, I was joking with Jen the other day that it's like someone saying here, put on an itchy sweater. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're like, uh, but what we have to know, the beauty of it is you're, you're the, the downy for the itchy sweater, right? You're the fabric softener because it will get softer and it will get easier. And you do need that person in your life. You need somebody call you on your crap, you know? Um, so I, I love that, but let's, let's just say they're probably not ready like a hundred percent, but what are some things that you start with? Because I'm sure people are wondering, okay, well, what are you, what are we really going to do the first time that I meet with you? Right. So, so where do you start with them? <sighs> so, I mean, it depends on where we're at. Right. And this is the thing we're all in different places. So it, it starts with the conversation <laughs> really mm -hmm. and, and assessing, you know, where are we on that scale of, of, like you said, being ready and self-development is a forever process, right? It's a forever thing. And we can probably look at different markers in our life and, and think, Oh, I was doing worse or I was doing better at these different markers. So there's, you know, we live in this linear time frame, but you know, self-development is an everyday all day, kind of thing. And self-awareness and self-accountability is on repeat every moment of every day. I mean, this is it, it. The the intention of working together is to get to a point where you no longer have to remember to be different. You just are. And in order to do that, we have to do it slowly and carefully and safely, because guess what? Our subconscious mind is really, really good at keeping us safe, loved and accepted. Like, yes. He is a genius at keeping us in these patterns and these loops because this is what we've learned. So in order to learn something new, in order for that lizard brain to crawl out on the sun and actually sunbathe without being afraid of all the hawks that could eat us, <laughs> it has to be done strategically and it has to be done slowly. So there's a few different options, you know, for, so for example, for anyone who's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've experienced stress in my life. I'm noticing physical symptoms start to manifest in my body, whether that's uh, bloating after eating, which by the way, is not normal. It might be typical. Bloating and feeling six months pregnant after eating might be typical for you, right? It is not normal. It's different than feeling full. Yeah, you're, we're, after we eat, we're meant to feel full. But if you have a really distended, flared out belly to a point where you you have to unbutton your pants that's not normal and i know a lot of fitness influencers that are sort of trying to dabble in the self-love realm of self-body love or are trying to change that verbiage it's really important that we can bring loving awareness to this symptom and say man this is typical for me and i'm dealing with this too and i'm a fitness influencer so guys guess what you're not a bad person for this but this is a sign that something is wrong. There's dysbiosis in the gut. Our digestion is not working properly. So if this is something you're experiencing, like let's get on the phone. I have different programs at different price points depending on where you are at. And you know, there's there's a lot of free things that you can do too. So maybe it would be helpful to start to share a few of those tips for anyone who is experiencing, for example, severe bloating after eating. and. <sighs> Again, it comes back to noticing who am I being when I'm eating? Am I on the go? Am I eating, you know, drive through food, which again, there's a time and place for everything. I don't categorize food as good and bad. It's just, it's nutrient dense versus not nutrient dense. And there's a time and place for both. There's a time right. and place for both. Right. But 
if my habits around food, what I call food hygiene, are constantly on the go, not breathing, stressed out, just shoving something in my mouth because I know if I don't, I'll get hangry. Of course your digestion's not ready to rock and roll. Of course it's not. Again, your body's ready to run from tigers and you're trying to shove something in your mouth as you're running from this tiger. Like that literally doesn't work. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. Yeah. So sit down around the theoretical campfire, right? Like enjoy your meal. And one of the best things, I know it sounds so redundant or maybe it doesn't, I don't, for me it feels redundant, but it's really my number one tool is to breathe. <sighs> you can breathe deeply into your belly and literally get those proton pumps going again, which by the way, if you are on proton pump inhibitors because you have chronic acid reflux, call me right now, right now, right now. <laughs> like immediately, those people are causing serious long-term effects and leaning off of them is not fun and I have a doctor on my team to help us do it. Like this is, call me right now. <laughs> but we want those protons to work. We need acid in our stomach to break down our food. So fundamentally, we need to relax. We need to shift into, again, from fight or flight or freeze into affectionately known as rest and digest. Rest and digest. This is the parasympathetic nervous state. Who am I being? So, you know, the backdoor tricks to turn parasympathetic state on is breathing and chewing. Chewing is one of the most underused, best tools. Our stomach doesn't have teeth. We have <laughs> right. beautiful tools to mash up our food. And the goal is applesauce consistency, right? 32 chews per bite is what we're going for. Guess what the average is? Just for fun, shoot a number out there. 12. Three. Whoa. On average, we chew a bite three times. One, two, three, swallow. And by the time we're swallowing, we're ready for the next bite already. Now our stomach has to break down these really big chunks of food. And without acid in there to do that, forget about it. Of course, you're going to be bloated. It's all sitting there and causing gas. And of course, you're going to have reflux because it's all just sitting there. It's not going anywhere. So breathe, chew your food. Become aware of the state of who you're being and how you're feeling. Is what I'm eating a coping mechanism for an emotion that I'm feeling? How am I feeling right now? And listen, if the answer is yes, go for it. Eat it. I'm going to enjoy this dogmatically bad food. I don't know, a cookie, right? I'm going to eat this cookie, but I'm going to eat the whole box because I'm feeling my feels and I'm just going to do it and I'm going to feel guilty after and it's going to be great. <laughs> of course your body's going to respond, but guess what? Your body would respond the same way if you were eating a dogmatically healthy food. I'm going to eat this entire salad and this whole thing and I'm really stressed out, but it's good for me. So this is what I need right now. Right. No way. No way. Listen, eat the cookie and go for it all out. Enjoy it. Like savor every bite, chew every bite, make it a mindful experience. I mean, mindfulness is free. Breathing is free. Chewing is free. You know, I mean, if you don't have teeth, get a blender. <laughs> I don't know, like break it yeah. up into tiny, 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 tiny bites to give your digestion the best. You want to pre prepare it for success, but our society prepares digest digestion for failure from the beginning based on the go-go society that we live in. 
And then we wonder why we're chronically constipated and don't feel good and have foggy brains and leaky guts and rashes on our skin or constant hot, constant hives or we're exhausted during the day and, and wired at night. Of course it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, and I think that's a part where a lot of people get so overwhelmed do, trying to do it on their own because if you go to Google or you go to Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're, you're going to consume this information, you know, there's probably a little truth to each part of it. But the biggest thing, and we'll go back to what you were saying before, is that you, meaning you as a person, are the expert. And it's really just creating awareness around how you're truly feeling versus how you're expected to feel. I know that's that was one of my always my big things. And like for me, and I'll say, I don't know that it's always single moms, but for me, as a single mother, I can cook this amazing meal for my kids and they're sitting there and they're enjoying their food and they're chilling. And I'm like, okay, I got to eat this because I got to go, you know, get this done and that done. And yeah. um, it's funny that you said that because literally I did that to myself yesterday mm -hmm. and I don't even know how many bites I had before I, the awareness, you know, clicked in and I was like, Brandy, slow down and enjoy your meal. And, um, you know, and it was, I could feel that shift immediately because I've, I've dealt, you said bloating. And it was funny because I've dealt with that horribly the last year. And so I was like, you know what, I need to start tracking this. I need to see, like you just said, what am I eating? What am I doing? What's going on? Um, I, I do feel like, you know, certain shifts have helped tremendously. Um, I can eat most meals now and I don't have it, you know, anymore. But I think there's still some changes that I, I want to continue to make. But I also noticed that I was letting go of that last bit of a little bit of trauma this year. I was letting go of a lot of things this year to move on. Yeah. And I think I think that was it. You know, I think that was just my body. Like you said, when you're dealing and coping, you kind of have to go back to that space to heal. Yeah. Well, think about what happened to us in March 2020. Our lives were ripped out from under us. Yeah. As, as we knew it. And, and listen, anything that you're feeling was not a new emotion. It was an old emotion that now is brought right to the surface. Mm -hmm. and COVID mm -hmm. decided to just literally pull the blanket out from underneath us. And mm -hmm. that's traumatic. That's abandonment. Those are, those are deep, deep wounds that, you know, like you said, if we hadn't fully healed, well, universe is basically like, here's your chance, honey, get ready for the ride. You better buckle up because yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a yeah. doozy. So of course, over this last year, listen, we've all experienced this and change in routines, change in environments, change in everything, stability at our core. I mean, when you think again, energetically, and here we go a little bit into the woo woo because we are energetic beings. Like, and when I say like, when someone walks into the room who has a presence about them, you can feel them before you even see them. That's because yes. they're all energetic beings, right? So, you know, the energy of this last year, when we think of root chakra, like the core, our safety was ripped out from underneath us, from right, right from the very bottom. I mean, the digestive issues that we've experiencing this year are like, everyone's constipated or has diarrhea or has yeah. bloating or has reflux, everybody, everyone, because we're all super stressed out and we're only just starting to maybe crawl out of that. And, you know, it's layers and it's never, what I love what you shared there was, it wasn't that you, you know, as you noticed that you were maybe eating too fast or whatever, it wasn't about shame or blame or guilt. It was just an opportunity to take a deep breath and reset, to choose again and say, oh, I just fell into some old habits. I forgive myself. I'm going to take a deep breath. 
I'm going to choose again. I'm going to do differently for the rest of my meal. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to mm -hmm. enjoy it. Now, of course, there are some logistics to this as well. So, you know, I do GI map testing with my clients to see, okay, are there parasites? Are, are there opportunistic bacteria? Do you have enough of the good bacteria? You know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a paradox because in order to heal, we have to eat nutrient-dense foods. But oftentimes, those nutrient-dense foods will give us bloating because our gut isn't used to those really right. that hearty fiber. So it's a very slow um, reintroduction of these nutrient-dense foods to create a robust gut micro microbiome, you know? And if there's parasites in there, you know, if you ate bad sushi or bad pork or you traveled to somewhere else in the world and drank the water and you got, you know, some bad bugs in there, we got to get rid of those first before yeah. anything else. But, you know, no matter what, the food hygiene and our habits around food and our mindset, again, who am I being right now? Oh, I'm being the stressed out mom that's thinking about everyone else besides myself. Noted. Let me take a breath and reassess that because I know I'm my best self when I take care of myself and my kids benefit when I'm my best self. Right. Right. Great. Great place to leave off. Whether you have kids or not, it's just right. understand that for you to truly be your best self, you know, and you're, if you are a parent, your kids are going to learn it. I don't know why we don't understand this. That's the one manual. The manual is they are going to do as you do, not as you say. That is the manual. So they're going to, you know, they're going to be watching and, yeah. um, you know, be our best self. Well, I obviously could talk to you for like hours and I, I hope that people will go follow you. Please tell them where they can find you. Yeah. And um, I hope that we're going to be bringing you into the telewellness community more, yes. um, you know, sharing your blog, sharing your information. Um, you know, I, I love what you're doing and, and just our, our adventure and our journey to, like I said, bridge that gap between you and, you know, the doctors to help the patients. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much. You know, I, I love doing this. I have a podcast as well that I've paused, but you can find me all the time on Instagram at the Chelsea Haynes, um, as well as LinkedIn on Chelsea, Chelsea Haynes as well on LinkedIn. Um, I share a lot of endless free content. So if you are brand new to this conversation, go check out my content. You know, it is an endless stream of free information all the time that is uh, really powerful, really um, actionable, and really impactful. Um, and if you're interested in having a conversation, go to my website, chelseahainescoaching.com forward slash contact. You can book a complimentary 20-minute call with me, and that's really where we'll start. We'll just have, we'll have a conversation. We'll, we'll chat and see where you're at and if I can serve you, or if not, if I can refer you to somebody who can. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope people do contact you. I love your content. Um, you. And I checked out your website, of course, this weekend. It's beautiful. It's really easy, you know, user friendly. So um, we appreciate you, Chelsea. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>